This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and I'm super thrilled to have with me all the way from Canada, Brad T from Delicious Brains. Hey, Brad, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation podcast. Um, For those of you that don't know, Brad T is the man behind Delicious Brains, uh, makers of the WP Migrate DB Pro plugin, and uh, formerly of the WP App Store, which we're going to talk about in a little while. But before we jump into this quick competition announcement, Brad has kindly uh, sponsored a personal license of the WP Migrate DB Pro plugin, which is awesome. Uh, Stick around for details on how you can enter that competition and uh, hopefully win a copy of that a little bit later on. All right. Hey, Brad. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, <clears throat> if you skip the part where I wanted to be a firefighter like everybody else, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably wanted to be an engineer. It was probably the first like actual real career. Um, not that firefighting is not a career. Sure. You've just I don't want to get... Yeah, you've just insulted all the firefighters out the there. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's dangerous territory. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I wanted to be an engineer, and then and then I got into computers, and then it was all over. So, right. <laughs> and why 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 is that? Why was it all over when you discovered computers? Is it because you can push a button and make them do stuff, whereas like humans, you can't make them do stuff, no matter which buttons you push? I don't know. I, I think I think that's what it is, and it's just like it, it was so much easier working in the virtual world, right? You could make so many mistakes. And, you know, without losing a bunch of money, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you're like, if you're like a civil engineer, you can't make too many mistakes building a bridge. It's yeah. very expensive, those mistakes, you know? So yeah. I think, and that's why I keep coming back to software when yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got this awesome product idea. It'd be so cool to build that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, but how much would it cost to develop a prototype? You know, how many times would you have to fail before you had something that's, you know, sellable? Yeah. So that's why software is so great because you can fail, 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 and there's yeah. it's just erasing code, right? It's yeah, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just command Z, isn't it? It's just you know undo, undo, undo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or like archive. Just yeah. chuck that project in a folder somewhere. And yeah, start up. So. Um, so when did you discover the web? Uh, I think we got the web in 1997, um, got one of those AOL CDs in the mail, uh, yeah. <laughs> plug that in and then $900 in long distance later, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was lesson learned because when you, when you used to do dial up back then you were calling like a long distance number, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we figured out that that wasn't the way to go and we've, Found like a local ISP to call to. So. Wow! And there <laughs> were no like, weren't there like big stickers on the CD warning? You know, long distance rate supplies. That was in the fine print, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know what AOL was doing, man. They were just sending CDs. That's <laughs> just shipping. They're just shipping them like by the you know truckload. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, what about WordPress? Do you, do you remember the first time you see the word? Do, do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? Yeah, I think so. I remember like tr- uh, trying uh, blogging software out, like trying different ones. I tried movable type, uh, 
and didn't care for it too much. And then I tried WordPress and it kind of stuck. I think that was in like 2004, I think was when I first started blogging. That's when I got got a hold of WordPress. So, and at what at what point did you think? Uh, at what point did you think this might be a platform that I could build some products for? That didn't come until like uh, really recently, actually. Um, probably like 2009 or 2008, maybe, I guess. Um, I was really involved with freelancing yeah. and just client work. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't really thinking of products so much then. Yeah. Um, and then I had that idea for the, the WP App Store, and then it just... And then now I've got the product bug and I can't go back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm jumping all over the place here. I'm kind of off script a little bit. But what, what is it about doing product work that appeals to you more so than doing client work? Yeah, I think it's... Well, originally what appealed to me is that I love the idea of iterating on a product and refining it and making it better and better and better. And that's really what we've been doing with MigrateDB Pro. Uh, and I love that process. Um, whereas a client client work is, my experience with client work has always been you kind of just, they just want a website and they throw it up and then they don't do a whole lot with it, uh, you know, for a few years and then they redo it from scratch usually, <laughs> right? It's usually kind of the process with client work. So it's kind of like build and tear down kind of yeah. philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but the the good thing about client work is that you can there's an end to the project. Right. It's kind of nice to have like this finished thing that you've completed and it's it's done and it's you know you get the sense of completion. Um, whereas with product work, it's never done. You're always thinking of new things to do with it. There's always work to be done. It's kind of like owning a house, you know. Like, yeah, right. There's always something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, there's always a list of chores that need to be done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. this never ends. So, um, thinking about today, what do you when when you meet someone for the first time? What do you do? What like, and they ask you, what do you do? How do you describe what you do? What's your elevator pitch? Uh, I usually just tell people I sell software online, and. Right. Uh, I guess it depends on the context who I'm talking to, yeah. Um, and then I'll go from there deeper if they know what I'm talking about at that <laughs> right. point, right? Um, if I'm talking to someone who develops for WordPress, I'm going to say, you know, uh, I migrate DB Pro. It's kind of like Git for WordPress databases. Kind of like you can push your database from one install to the other, and you can pull it down from one install to the other. So it's it's like Git in that in that way. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a good analogy. I like it. Um, yeah. What do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Yeah, I probably do a lot of design work more so now, and I don't mean too much aesthetic design, but just getting things right. Get you know, getting the user experience right so that it feels right for the developers that are using the product. Uh, I do a lot of reviewing commits because uh, I, I have a coworker uh, who I employ, and uh, he he's just coding away like crazy, right? And so I, I review his commits and and uh, give him feedback on that stuff. Um, 
And then I do a lot of marketing strategy as well. Uh, but, but yeah, I'd say mostly reviewing commits, designing, and just a little bit of coding. Yeah. And um, which is which is and when so when you were doing client work, were you mainly coding or doing UI design or a bit of both? Mostly coding. I, I kind of sold myself as a front-end developer yep. who, and a WordPress specialist. So I don't know. It's not. Really <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of two things there. But um, the agency I worked at didn't really have a front-end person, so I I just got really good at doing that stuff. So converting PSDs into HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Yep. And so I kind of, and, I, and because I have a little bit of a design background, I, I could do that with very good precision. Um, so I felt like I was kind, somewhat uniquely, uh, you know, that I had the skills to do that. Mm. So, uh, and then the WordPress stuff came in because we were just looking for a CMS to throw client websites on at the agency I was working at. And, and uh, and I had a WordPress blog, so I said, "Let's try WordPress," and started working out really great. So yeah, went yeah. from there. It's a pretty common thread, pretty common story. Everyone I talked to started using WordPress for their own blog because it had a really low kind of learning curve and low, you know, least path of resistance. And then they realized they could do more than blog, and then they started using it for client work. And now they're making products and selling products on WordPress. And it's a pretty yeah, um, yeah. It's a very cool. similar story. Yeah. I've heard. I mean, you were at Pressnomics as well. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the story that goes around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Pressnomics was awesome this year, wasn't it? Were you, were you there last year as well? Yes, oh. I was. Um, and it was. I thought this year was just as good as last year. Mm. It was, you know, phenomenal again. Yeah. Met a bunch of new people this time around. I think. They did a little poll of the audience. I think it was two thirds were new people, which I was shocked by. I yeah. thought it would be like half or, or so, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great it's conference. A, it's a great conference. It's really good. Um, so, thinking about Delicious Brains as an entrepreneur, business owner, product maker, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night apart from your nineteen-month-old child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, He's good now. <laughs> uh, there was a year there that was pretty rough. But, um, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, so I, I have a lot of business ideas. Like my brain kind of doesn't stop working if I'm at all remotely thinking about business. Um, so, you know, I used to read like business books before bed and that was a terrible idea because it's source of inspiration and so your mind would just be sparking and you're trying to go to sleep and it's just like <laughs> terrible so I, I stopped I stopped reading business stuff <laughs> before bed and I, now I read fiction just to get myself completely out of this world yeah. into another one yeah um, it seems to be doing the trick so I, it's a good tip if anyone has trouble sleeping that's an entrepreneur you might want to try that <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that man I'm having this exact conversation with my fiance at the moment she's like banning me from reading business books before bed and keep shoving fiction into my hand I'm like what's this I don't want to read this give me some more yeah. Seth Godin or something to read you know <laughs> yeah yeah well well I always thought fiction was such a waste of time, right? And then I had started having sleeping problems that I was like, uh, I'm going to do something here, <laughs> you know? So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fiction's like, uh, it's like uh, anesthetic, isn't it? It just puts you to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's crazy. And I, I, I was skeptical too when I first started doing it, but yeah, yeah it Is works. It, what, 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 what kind of fiction do you read? Do you read like really trashy fiction, like just mind-numbing stuff, or do you? Or is it is it highbrow? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it falls. It's pretty geeky stuff. Right. Um, it's uh, what the heck's it called? Peter F. Hamilton is the author. Okay. And it's like sci-fi stuff set in the future. Yep. Um. Cool. Yeah, Judas Unchained is the book I'm reading right now. It's a, the second one in the Commonwealth saga. It sounds dorky just to even say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's actually quite good. I, I, I enjoy sci-fi stuff. Like I, I like Star Wars and Star Trek and all yeah. that stuff. So You like Star Wars and Star Trek. I didn't think anyone could I do. like both. I thought you were one or the other. I thought if you were a Trekkie, <laughs> yeah. you weren't yeah. a Lucas fan. But you like both, yeah. yeah? They're supposed to be like mortal enemies, aren't they? Like the Star yeah. Trek versus Star Wars, but yeah. no, I don't. I don't discriminate, man. I I right. like them all. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm a Star Wars fan. I grew up watching Star Wars, and I've never watched Trek, and I just can't. I just I try yeah. and watch a couple of episodes, and it's just a bit weird. It's just I don't know. I can't. I'm like, yeah. nah, come on. We're the stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. If you're expecting something similar, it's not similar at <laughs> yeah. all. Very different. Yeah. Um, and the but like there's I, there is certain Star Trek that I don't care for like the old old Star Trek I've never I've never gotten into that like right. the William Shatner stuff yeah. like yeah yeah uh, never got into that couldn't do it <laughs> but uh, like Voyager that one I thought was cool because it was like they're trapped far away and they had to get home it was like a you know typical storyline you know yeah like a like and they faced all kinds of adversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not predictable at all. Um, yeah. What do you do when you're not working? Well, I think you just answered that question. You're obviously at Trek conventions, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't think I'll ever go to one of those. But I won't pull it out. Um, yeah, I, when I'm not working, I don't know. I'm spending time with my wife and son and. Uh, I do spend some time playing sports, like Ultimate Frisbee in the summer. I play, cool. like I go down to Boston and across Canada playing Frisbee. And, uh, and then in the winter, I play hockey. So wow. like, I've played like, hockey since I was five years old. Ice hockey? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like really hardcore, violent sport, isn't it? Ice hockey? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I play in a beer league kind of now. <laughs> right, right. When I was growing up, it was pretty violent. There was a lot of hitting. I got injured once. It was out for six months. I had to go to physio. Oh my god! All this stuff. So yeah, it's like you know, it's pretty rough. But I mean, footy's pretty rough too in uh, yeah. in Australia. There, yeah. that's that's a great sport. Yeah, yeah, that is. Now, am I right in saying that you lived in Australia at one point? I did. I right. lived in Melbourne for a year. Yeah. That's right. We spoke about this at Pressnomics. That's right. Where, whereabouts yeah. were you living again? Whereabouts in Melbourne? Uh, in Collingwood on oh, Smith Street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just off. Yeah. Right. Really right. close to the site point offices, actually. Ah, I did yes, a little, that's right. A little bit of, did a little bit of work for them, actually. That's right. I did the uh, redesign of Flippa, or the design for Flippa. Right. The um, 
the auction site for yeah, yeah. Web, uh, websites. So yeah. if you want to sell a website, you you could list it there and it would go up for auction. Uh, and everyone hated it. <laughs> the uh, I, I I don't mean the client. The client loved it and and had a lot of hand in how it was designed. Uh, but then when the, they launched it, their community was like that. <laughs> they didn't wow. like it at all. Wow. It was hilarious. What what so year they, was they ended up changing it quite a bit? So. What year was that? But I, what year? Yeah, uh, two thousand eight. Okay, so we can nine. we can look it up on the Wayback Machine. Yeah. Uh, you could you can see screenshots of it on, on in my portfolio actually. Sweet. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to link to that in the uh, show notes. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can see the the before and after. It's quite it's quite different. <laughs> it was um, a fun project though. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, all right, so let's talk about let's talk about WordPress. Let's talk about the WP App Store. For those of you that don't know. There was a, for a period of time, there was a WP App Store, which uh, Brad was the brains behind, which basically was a plugin that you installed in WordPress and it allowed you, from that plugin, it allowed you to buy premium themes and plugins via the App Store, right? So, a couple of questions. Um, how did the idea for that come about? What was the, what was the impetus for building that? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple, really. And it wasn't really an original idea. It was just... You know, apply the iTunes model <laughs> to WordPress, right? Like, yeah. you know, put put the purchases right inside the WordPress dashboard, just like the purchasers are right inside iTunes. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. Um, but I just went ahead with executing it. <laughs> right. uh, I I had a little conversation with Brian Castle one day, uh, just over at Google Talk, and he mentioned that uh, eighty. Uh, from WooThemes. Yep. His website has like a page that invites people to submit ideas f- for him to give advice about. And so I just did that kind of on a whim and then ended up can, you know, having a few back and forth with him and then he came on board as an advisor uh, and that's kind of how the ball got rolling. And uh, And after that I built a prototype and they really liked it and then it kind of went from there. Yeah. And at some point, am I right in saying at some point Carl Hancock from Gravity Forms came on as an advisor as well or, or an investor, yep. is that right? So Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they both actually uh, invested in, into it as well, yeah. And so what was... And, uh, they're obvious, both still investors in, in Delicious Brains, actually. In Delicious Brains. <laughs> so obviously their motivation was being makers of premium themes and premium plugins. They thought this is obviously a good distribution channel, but larger than that might actually become a uh, a platform for uh, WordPress users to buy premium themes and plugins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's they saw a lot of potential in the idea and they really liked the prototype I had built. Mm. They thought that I was executing at that point really well. Mm. And so that's what gave them the confidence to invest, I, th- yeah. I think. I mean, you'd have to ask them for sure. For, yeah. For the, but uh, you know that's what what it looked like from my perspective. Yeah. Anyway, so tell me, um, uh, tell me what happened because you, I got an email. I mean, I knew this was happening anyway, but I got an email from you a few weeks back saying you've officially shut down WP App Store; it no longer exists. Uh, you know, there were there were tears and a, and, a, and a funeral and a wake, and uh, you know, 
yeah. what we what flushed happened? it down the toilet with the hamster. <laughs> <laughs> control um, Z, control Z, just to archive it. Um, so what what happened? Yeah. Why do you, why do you think it didn't stick? Yeah, um, there's a lot of reasons, uh, as with pretty much any uh, business failure. Um, but I think the major, the big reason is that the plugin was it was too much of a barrier for people. They had to install a plugin to br- to browse the products, and they just couldn't see past that. Like, why would I do that? So, like, they couldn't see like that it was solving a major problem that they had. Mm. Um, and and in the end, I don't think it really was solving a major problem because even if they did install a plugin, it was slightly easier to buy things and browse products from different vendors. Um, but you know, they also weren't getting the full picture. They weren't seeing all the products that are available for WordPress like they would if they searched Google, for instance, right? So there's this is like a mini mini uh, marketplace. Uh, whereas Google is kind of the WordPress marketplace, like the whole WordPress marketplace. Mm. Um, and, other, and the other big thing was that <laughs> there's just not that many uh, quality WordPress plugins at the moment. It's really early days for mm. plugins right now. And so uh, the theme market's quite well established, but I only had like, what, less than a dozen plugins? in the marketplace, right? right? Which is not much of a browsing experience, right? Like, right. It's like one page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that was probably part of it as well. So timing, I guess, is what it came down to with that. Um, you know, this, this idea could certainly still work in the future, and I have no doubt someone will, you know, build a, a marketplace into the dashboard that will be successful, I'm sure of it. Um, but, you know, like... Check out that blog post I wrote. I, I go into detail about like why I think you know things didn't work out this time around. Mm. So, do you uh, think? Do you think? Do you think there should be? I'm not asking you if you think there ever will be, but do you think there should be a, an official WP App Store that ships with WordPress? Uh, that is a. I would have said probably yes before, and now I'm not so sure. And the reason why I've changed that opinion is because now I'm selling a plugin, and so, and and my livelihood depends on it, right? And so, if that happened, that would be a huge disruption to the current, you know, commercial WordPress ecosystem, uh, and it's uncertain how you know it would affect it. Um, so it's, yeah, I'm not sure if it would be a good thing or not. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe it would be amazing thing. Maybe I would sell more products through it or maybe not. I don't know. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, it would be a huge benefit for most of the vendors at the moment, uh, mm. to have like something that's integrated. Because you have to also think about like who's managing that, how much of a cut are they taking, like mm. you know all those sorts of things, and and what are the benefit, what are the actual benefits that you, that we would get out of it? Um, because right now we have a pretty good system. We put the free 
a freemium version of our products up. We yep. give away code for free that people can look at, learn from, and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then you know people can upgrade to a pro version of it. Um, that's an that's an that's as old that business model is as old as the web. You know, like right, people have been selling, giving away software, and selling upgrades since. 1998, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I, when I was poking around the CGIresources.com website that back back in the day. Mm. It's interesting to hear your take on that from a vendor's point of view. Um, that's a that's a, a, a position I hadn't thought. I mean, because as a plugin developer, I I see it as distribution. Um, but it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to happen anyway. Or it's, I don't think there's ever going to be an official WP App Store. Someone else might swing the bat at doing something like like what you did. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear, hear you say that um, it could actually disrupt the model that we've got at the moment, which is a direct relationship with our customers. Yeah. What? Well, one thing I would say is that like. <clears throat> It really depends on who your customers are as well, right? Like, uh, for me, my customers are other developers, other people that work with WordPress. Yep. Uh, whereas, if you're selling a theme, you might be sell, you know, you might be selling to someone who has barely any experience building a website, someone that's doing it themselves, kind of thing. That set up a a site on GoDaddy and bought a theme, <laughs> you know, like yep. did use the one-click installer, and uh, you know. The Mojo guys, the Mojo Marketplace guys, are integrating with tons of web hosts now because they they got purchased by Endurance Group, mm. Mm. which is a company that owns HostGator uh, and a couple, of, a bunch of other web hosts. And so now, if you go to one of those hosts and you do a one-click install of of WordPress, the next step it gives you an option to buy a theme and. It's a one-click, just like iTunes. Yep, comes right off your hosting account. Yeah, and I mean that's that's pretty cool. That was kind of that was the vision. One like one of the strategies I was trying to go for with WP App Store. Mm. And so to see that happen right now, I I think it's phenomenal. I wish it was me, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but those guys are great guys. Uh, I was talking to them a bit at, at Pressnomics, and uh, they're just thrilled about the success they've had. So yeah, it's a, it is it's a real it is a real success story. Do you think do you think we risk commoditizing premium? I, I heard you speak about this on the Matt Report. Do, do you think it's um, hi Matt by the way? Do you think it's um, do you think we risk with that whole lowering the barrier to entry, install WordPress, one-click install to activate a theme, and one-click install to, to activate a bunch of plugins? Do you think that's then just going to drive the price right down to like an iPhone app, and everything is like premium themes and plugins are going to be sold for like a couple of bucks? No, <laughs> and here's why: uh, the big difference between a WordPress theme and an App Store app or an app store game whatever an ios thing is that ios is a platform that's very locked down right like a, another app can't really influence like apps can't influence each other too much with wordpress everything can interact with one another and screw things up right so like for example i mean if if you ever follow uh, carl hancock on 
on Twitter, yeah. you know, you always hear him saying that like some theme is is screwing up gravity forms, right? It's a very very that's like one of the biggest things they get for yeah. support, right? Yep. Um, so that's not going to go away anytime soon unless somehow the WordPress themes get kind of locked down uh, so that they can't do too much. In, and if that happens, then I could see it happening because then support costs go down and then you can actually drive the price down. But, uh, you know, if themes can still be broken by pl- any plugin that gets installed, you're still going to have support problems, right? Like, so yeah. I think that's the big difference. Um, and so I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Not to say that it won't happen. But. Do you think, from the consumer's point of view, there is a there is a uh, they're used to they're used to pushing a button on a device and paying two or three bucks to get some extra functionality? We're asking them to push a button on a device and pay an extra fifty or a hundred bucks to get some extra functionality. Do you think that's a yeah, I mean, you, you're marketing to developers, as are we, but when you start talking to WordPress end users and asking them to buy plugins, do you think there's a barrier to, you know, entry because the price point is different to an iOS app? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure what consumers are thinking. If they, if they differentiate between, you know, something for the iOS platform versus something... You know, for a website, because I mean, you, they could be comparing it to the cost of developing a, a, a you know a site from scratch, right? Which would be a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's so tricky to to try to guess what customer because every customer is going to be looking at it from a different angle, right? Yeah, yeah. Some are going to be comparing, you know, and others are going to be thinking of the value that they're going to get out of this and how much time it's going to save them from doing it themselves or you know whatever yeah so yeah yeah i I don't know i've kind of just stopped guessing (laughs) and and i think we just need to value things you know just look at the value that we're providing and price it that way and stop comparing because you know comparing might be bad anyway because what do you maybe the guy that you're comparing to isn't sustainable. Maybe that yeah, business right. isn't sustainable and they're going to go away next year. I had this conversation recently about uh, um, someone comparing some, something that someone was doing to a competitor and it turns out that their competitor was actually losing money on this particular arm of their business but they were doing it for completely philanthropic reasons and they were making enough profit out of this arm of the business that this arm, they could fund it. And so I, I was saying, well, you can't compete with that on price. I mean, it's impossible because the, they're losing money on this. So... yeah. That's like the Walmart model, right? Yeah. Like they take a loss on music and put it in the back of the store yeah. so that you walk through and you buy other things that yeah. they actually do make money on. Yeah. That's- so, all right, talk about pricing. and you. So WP Migrate DB was a free plugin for a long time. There's now a pro version with you know added features and more sexiness because it's a pro version. But let's talk about pricing. Pricing is so arbitrary, right? Like... Like in, in anything, like how, I mean, who says an iPad is worth, you know, seven hundred bucks? I mean, we don't get to decide what the iPad is worth. Apple tell us what the iPad is worth. Pricing is so arbitrary. How do you, as a vendor, and a product maker, and an entrepreneur, how do you decide what price tag to put on your product? Yeah. So when I priced uh, my Great DB Pro, 
I actually just looked at gravity forms. <laughs> I made the huge mistake of of just doing comparison pricing because that's how I usually would shop as a consumer, right? I wasn't thinking of how much value I was providing or how cuz that, that's really difficult to put a price on that as well cuz you don't you're not really sure how much value people are going to get out of it, right? Um so that's what I did. I just totally I, I knew Gravity Forms model was working really well for them, mm. so I went with that. Uh I even copied the way that they laid out their pricing and and that kind of thing. Um, which turns out I made a lot that was a good idea because they <laughs> they read the research <laughs> on that stuff and and they worked out all that stuff because uh, I've been reading some articles of pricing lately and and I just kind of stumbled across <laughs> that so it was good um, but I'm actually in the process of, of reevaluating the pricing uh, and and I've added a lot more value to the product and so I feel like now is a good time to say, okay, we've added a ton of value since we launched. We haven't changed the price since we launched. And so here's the new pricing, <laughs> right? So it's, I'm nervous about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, anytime you like increase your pricing, you're going to have hate, right? Yeah. Like people are going to be hating it, right? Yeah. Um, at the same time, two things kind of reassure me with this. Uh, one, a uh, bunch of people have already told me they would gladly pay more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and two, I don't mind if I lose half my customers. Because if I lose half my customers and I double my price, then I'm still further ahead. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Because you've got less support, right? Exactly. There's less people to support. Yeah. I don't like that because then less people are using the product and less people are benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, but it gives me the confidence to do it. You know. Yeah. Like, like that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah. Half of them just pack it in. You know? Yeah. So, I I think that's how you have to look at it. <laughs> yeah. At least it's it's working for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if half your customers left if you if you put the prices up. Yeah. In fact, I'd be Hopefully very not. I'd be very surprised if half the customers even noticed that you put the price up, you know. Yeah. Another strategy I'm using is that like the the people that already purchased are going to get this this all the stuff that we're adding, they're going to get uh, so they'll only have to like the renewal price will only increase for them, yeah. right? They're not gonna have to pay any extra to get the new stuff. Yeah. So that I don't, that should ease the the shock, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and how do you? This is completely off topic, but how do you manage that technically? That pro is it? Is it through WooCommerce or is it through EDD or how, what's the, how do you actually issue the licensing and the renewal and all that stuff? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's WooCommerce, mm -hmm. and uh, we're using a bunch of add-ons for WooCommerce, um, the subscriptions add-on, the ah, software yeah. add-on. And then we built our own plugin uh, to tie that together. Uh, like so we, to be, the, our own plugin does the API part. So like when the plugin connects to WooCommerce to see if there's an update or activate a license and any of that stuff, that's all custom stuff that we built. Gotcha. Uh, 
because we wanted to do it a little different than the the add-ons uh, do it out of the box. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know uh, Brent from the uh, the author of Subscriptions? I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I just I'm chatting. I'll, like I, he added me to the Git repo, their their Git repo, oh, yeah. and so I've just chatted with him a little bit about features and stuff. But yeah. yeah. Sweet. He's a good guy. Hey, br- hey, Brent. I was in San Francisco a few weeks ago and we're hanging out before Pressnomics. And oh, yeah. He, he hosted a poker night at his place. And, uh, oh, yeah. So, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty incredible add on. He just, ma- just made a huge update to it. The 1.4 version does yeah. uh, upgrades now yeah. and it's very complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I think, uh, but it, I think it does suspension as well. I think you can suspend a subscription and then come back and reactivate it. Oh, and, yeah. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest pain in the ass about selling a premium WordPress plugin? <laughs> After all that, I was just going to say setting up the platform <laughs> to sell it. That's kind of I mean, why you, I asked you, you that question, man. You know, I'm just, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just here for the free consulting, man. It's in disguise of an interview, but I just want free advice. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like WP App Store kind of like one of the reasons I started because I was like I could build a plugin, but I was like, I have to set up a site to sell it and do all this marketing. I wish there was a place they could just throw it up on yeah. um, that that wouldn't take 70% of my earnings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, that's what it was at the time anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing it's just like having to set up the website like you have to put a you know a theme up or, or design a, a, the site yourself and so and then do a bunch of marketing um, and so that takes away from the product right mm. like your original idea is to build this product but mm. then you have all this other things that you have to do as well right yeah. so it it takes away your attention from the product so I mean that's one of the biggest benefits of building an iOS app or game is that you can just focus on that because mm. Apple handles the rest of the stuff for you, mm. right? Mm. And so, you know, if, if that would be one big advantage to having that kind of thing for WordPress, right? Mm. I think that would uh, probably increase the quality of, of products and stuff. So, And what, what, about, bet, what about like leveraging Code Canyon initially to get traction? Yeah, that could work. Um, I've never tried it, and I think Code Canyon is has come a long way in the last like year, uh, year or two. Uh, well, yeah, since last Pressonomics, basically, yeah. <laughs> they've been doing a lot of a lot of good things. They're they're doing like more uh, code evaluations. There's stricter guidelines about what gets in and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely getting better. So. But I, I don't know. I think the tools are getting better, anyways. Like you have, you know, easy digital downloads or WooCommerce. Uh, iThemes just released the e-commerce platform based on WordPress as well. Yep. I mean, you you could throw it up just a PayPal buy now button if you just wanted to to test the waters. You know, you could do it really simple to start um, without getting carried away. Like the minimum viable um, product version of events. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I did a little differently. The the uh, validation, like the product validation, I 
because I had that free plugin, right? So I just I, I added a little tiny survey form to the sidebar of that plugin and asked people if they'd be willing to pay for a pro version. Mm. And then I asked them how much and that kind of stuff. So I got 300 submissions from, from people that were using the free plugin saying they'd be willing to buy a pro yeah. version with those features. So, um, I think the average price people put in was like $30 or something, but you know, that's probably half of what people are actually willing to pay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, so that was, I think that was a good way to, to figure it out. So, you know, stick a free plug. The hard thing is to get traction to your free plugin, though. Yeah. Because free, you, you kind of have to promote your free plugin if you. Because yeah. I had that on there for like how many years? Four years, <laughs> and it just you know, organically grew an audience. But you know, you don't you don't want to have to wait four years before you can start selling stuff. That's right. right. So. Yeah. Well, Yoast waited eight. Uh, when I, I remember when I interviewed Yoast, he said he'd been collecting, building an audience for eight years, just doing consulting yeah. work. And then decided to productize and and monetize his audience after eight years of building it. You yeah, know, that's a pretty strong platform to to start. Yeah, on. I think he probably could have started way earlier if he wanted to, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like WordPress SEO has been like a huge plugin for years, right? Like, so yeah, he probably just got around to it. Uh, yeah. eight years later. Yeah, but. yeah. But yeah, I mean, he probably, probably, you know, he probably started somewhere, right? Like, yeah. So maybe it took him like five years to develop an audience that would have been worth selling to or something. So yeah, yeah. and maybe it does just take time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I like your, uh, I like your idea of putting a survey in the back or some something in the back of a plugin to start collecting people's details and their feedback and start asking them, having a conversation about what it is they want. The sooner you can start collecting that information, the better. Um, let's talk yeah. about support for a second. How do you actually handle support tickets? Do you have like a support help desk? Because I imagine your support is insane. No, it's not bad. Not at all. I mean, like when you asked me what my the biggest pain in the ass was, I don't know. I imagine a lot of people would think I was going to say support, right? Mm. Oh, support's ridiculous. Mm. But it's not. I think that's one of the reasons people don't start a business because they're afraid of support, but yeah. support is how you refine your product. It's it's the the support that people are telling you what's wrong. I mean, when we launched and we started getting feedback on the product, like our morale boost went way up because we'd been working in isolation, like <laughs> myself and Chris. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, all these people have all this feedback for us, and and we're no longer just making assumptions about what should be. Yeah, they're telling us what needs to be. Yeah, right. And so, uh, yeah, support support is underrated. It's a it's an awesome tool to to making your product better. And uh, I mean, we just use Gmail. And we just interact with customers kind of just like I'd send you an email and <laughs> ask you a question. Really? Kind of so no no fancy help desk software or like automated nah. macros and rules to you know send support tickets off to the right people? None of that stuff. Just good old-fashioned <laughs> Gmail. Well, there's only two of us, so we're, we're getting away with using Gmail right now. But I could imagine, you know, if we had, you know, a f- couple other people, forget about it, it would be unmanageable. I was looking at moving to Help Scout and uh-huh. uh, 
there's no way to like import all of our existing email, so we'd have to be bouncing back and forth between Gmail. And so, you know, I'm gonna wait. We're just gonna wait until you know they have an import. Yeah, I was just like, give me an API endpoint I could send a raw email to and just process it for me, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're they're just not there yet. So yeah. I'm sure they'll get there real soon. But yeah. Um. So Chris, your your so Chris, who is a developer, right? He's the he's your he he's a he's an employee and developer, and he works in yeah. he's based in Sydney. Yeah. 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 He's uh, he's employed full time. I originally hired him for WP App Store, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, shelved that project and, <laughs> and uh, had him start hacking away at uh, the MigrateDB Pro plugin. So, yeah, he's been with me since October last year. So, cool. It's just about like the one year anniversary yeah. right now. And how do you how do you manage the time zone thing? Like, how do you guys communicate? Oh, <laughs> that was a serious challenge. Uh, in the beginning because there's so much communication that ha- needs to happen in the beginning mm. to get on the same page and for him to learn the systems and there's you know you have to do a lot of one-on-one time like real time <laughs> like not send an email and then he'll get it when he wakes up in the morning because yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally 13 hours uh, ahead right well yeah. you know you're there yeah. <laughs> well you're you'd be 12 hours probably right Melbourne but um, yeah, he's in Sydney, so it's it's literally all I do is add one to the to my clock and then change the AM. Yeah, so it's 10 p.m. here now. It's uh, you know 11 a.m. his time right now. So it became very difficult. Um, what I ended up doing is having to spend like three hours between like 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. Uh, with him in the beginning, and it it was it was difficult. Um, if I was to do it again, I probably wouldn't hire someone that far away in a different time zone when it's employee number one. Um, but now it's fine because we just communicate through email. We use Flow. We use um, GitHub tons. We mostly use GitHub. Yep. Uh, like issue GitHub issues and just uh, using the all the other tools. Um, so uh, right now it's it's been great. Um, but yeah, it was really challenging in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Um, all right, let's talk about freelancing for a minute. Uh, for those of you that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program that helps WordPress freelancers build a business. So we're just going to do a quick round here. I'm going to ask you some quick questions about freelancing, and you're just going to give me some quick answers off the top of your head. Sound good? Sure. Cool. Uh, what's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? It's easy. It's easier than you think. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, that's a bad answer. <laughs> I'd say, like, now I take it back. That's a bad answer. Don't just jump into it. I, I had a very unique situation, so that's yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I was working at an agency, right? So I had this great portfolio when I came out, and so I was. It was easy for me because clients just came to me through yeah. my website, and I had all these contacts at the agency and stuff. So, so develop yeah, a, a portfolio idea. is is the the takeaway there. You got to have a portfolio, right? Yeah, I'd say that's probably the number one thing. Right. You need the you need the portfolio. You need something to attract people to your website. Yep. Um, yeah. Nice. And and give them confidence. You know. 
What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Go work for an agency and then just take all theirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, if, you're, if I'm talking about, are we talking strictly about freelancing here? Yeah. So, if you're, so, so okay. wind the clock back to when you were you know, freelance designing and, and developing for WordPress websites. What's, the, what's the, uh, the best thing you ever did to find, to get new clients? Yeah, I think I probably posted on like freelance switch. I think that that job board was probably pretty good. Mm. Um, or like I like I literally went there and found projects. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean other job boards. There's uh, jobs.wordpress.net is another one you can yep. go to. Um, That's a good one. But um, to be honest, most of my customers came to me, so. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of uh, lucked out there. I mean, like I said, I was working at an agency, so most of my work came from them uh, after I left. So. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you stop competing on price? Uh, you have to educate your customers on value and that you're providing um, more than just hours hours of your time. You're 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 providing your expertise. And strategy, uh, you're providing things that they don't know, <laughs> right? So uh, I think that's I think that's what you know separates you from the people that are just you know tr- trying to undercut, you know, sell yep. at the bottom lowest price, you know. Yep. Um, any tips on writing better proposals? <clears throat> Um, I don't, I never wrote proposals. Uh, I, I thought they were a waste of time. <laughs> I, I, I did, I did wrote a couple and never heard back and I was just done with it. And I've also heard stories about like, so the government puts out RFPs, mm-hmm. request for proposals. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that most of those are already decided before the, the RFP even goes out. And yep. so I was just like, Forget this. I'm not wasting my time on this garbage. So, it, I, word of mouth is <laughs> the way I go. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> did you have a, a tool or a system for CRM for managing client relationships? Gmail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good at Gmail, man. <laughs> awesome. I got labels and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I got. <laughs> Tons of filters. And, oh, it's, it's great. Inbox Zero, I follow that. Awesome. GTD, getting things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. In, uh, Inbox Zero is Yeah, good, Gmail it? is awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, I also use FreshBooks. So it's pretty good for managing like invoices and that stuff. Great. Um, okay. <clears throat> What's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? In other words, you know, what's the best way to stop the whole thing derailing halfway through? I'd say you have to manage expectations. So under promise, over deliver. So, you know, just say you're going to, you know, you have to, if you're going to give a time when you're going to be done, you better make sure that that's realistic. But, you know, in the beginning, you might be bad at doing that, but you should quickly realize that whenever you have a date in mind, you should double it or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the client's pushing you, 
to, you know, to to deliver sooner, you better be ready to work like evenings and weekends because that's what you're gonna end up doing, and you better charge more. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah. I would do. Yeah, I, I, double time for evenings and weekends, man. You yeah. shouldn't be. You shouldn't be working regular rate at those times of day. It's not healthy, awesome. in my opinion. Awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, how do you how do you get referrals from your existing clients? Uh, I mean, if you do a good job, they're just going to you know refer you. That's just how it's going to work. Right? I mean, <clears throat> if you if you're you know, a good communicator is the biggest thing I've heard like from clients. Like, I just want a developer that will answer my emails. That's what that's what people want. Like, yeah. you know, there's a there's a shortage of developers who have good communication skills. And so if you can be a developer who does have good ones, like you're gonna have no shortage of work, I can assure you. <laughs> That is God. That is the pull quote for this interview. I think. <laughs> yeah. Brad T says there's a shortage of developers who have good communication skills. <laughs> there's a shortage of developers. Period. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, and then <laughs> add to that those who have good communication skills. <laughs> uh, um, I think you've probably already answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's the communication thing, I think. Um, and then also just do great work. Like when you do your work, be meticulous. Don't uh, do things haphazardly. Uh, you know, pay, pay attention, like bring like, an attention to detail. Uh, people, the client will recognize that. Like good clients will anyway. I mean, you, that's how you step up. From bad clients to good clients, right? When you get a good client, they're going to refer you because you did great work to other good clients. Yep. So if you want to get you know up your game, I think that's how you do it. That's awesome. All right, let's talk about the future of Delicious Brains. What's what does the future for Delicious Brains hold? Are you guys going to end up being like a plug-in shop or a uh, what's what, where are you? Are you going to move into the iOS market? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, I don't think we'll be doing any iOS, uh, but for now we're just gonna keep making the product better. Um, and I am actively looking at other possibilities, like other product uh, possibilities. But it's it feels really early on because <laughs> I can't really put my finger on anything that I want to go into just yet. Um, so I, I don't know, and I'm kind of at this point. I can tell you where I am right now. I'm thinking of staying near the database stuff. Um, so maybe doing something else with databases uh, around WordPress. Um, so that's kind of where my head is right now. But that could change in a few days' time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's the future of WordPress look like to you? Uh. I mean, it's awesome. Like, it's not slowing down. Uh, I've seen some really great uh, commercial plugins pop up this year, and I'm super excited by that. I think, I mean, I love that uh, Matt's talk at 
uh, WordCamp San Francisco was about how WordPress is uh, like a platform for building web apps and that kind of thing. Uh, I really like that concept and like how how we can get rid of these privacy concerns around like Facebook and Twitter and stuff by like making things building things on WordPress instead and everyone owning their own information and you know because when you post a picture to one of those other services you basically get nothing right if you post a picture to your own blog you're getting something you're bringing attention to you and your brand and your website so I think that's that's I think the big thing that WordPress could potentially solve in the future I think is that kind of data freedom that whole thing so do you think like a, a proliferation of like what's something like what tom and noel have done at happy tables do you see like a whole range of sort of web apps for different verticals whether it's you know social networking or whether it's restaurants or whether it's real estate built on wordpress yeah i mean it's funny you bring up happy tables and and that whole idea of like a SaaS built on top of wordpress mm. I find that less interesting p- to me personally because I don't see just because you know because it's built on WordPress I, I don't see how that matters all that much right because it's a SaaS right who who yeah. cares what the underlying technology is right it's a it's a service right <clears throat> provided and so you know you don't own your data really I mean and so it's yeah I think WordPress is less relevant for those types of products um, <laughs> if you look at a, a service like uh, Restaurant Engine, uh, it's like a competitor to ha- Happy Tables. Mm-hmm. They're taking a bit of a different approach um, where they're targeting designers. So they're actually building a platform people can build on top of. Um, but again, in that situation, it's still... it's. WordPress isn't terribly relevant in mm. that situation either. Mm. Um, maybe you could suck out that data and like set up your own site, but then you wouldn't be able to take the themes with you. Cause, and then the plugins are probably proprietary as well. So yeah, yeah, that whole SaaS thing I feel is less relevant to WordPress for those reasons. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> And what what are you going to be doing in three years from now? Do you think you'll still be in the software entrepreneurial space? Oh, I hope so. Um, I hope I have more more employees. Uh, like I hope to hire more uh, people and build a team and build more products. Is is the plan? Because uh, I, I really enjoy what we're we're doing right now and and. I enjoy the feedback we get from customers, like the problems we're solving is, you know, is alleviating pain and it's, it's an awesome feeling to be doing. I mean, at Pressnomics, I got a hug and like (laughs) pats on the back and like, like that's awesome. Like my products making people like, you know, less stressed during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, maybe I should be in the pharmaceutical industry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw a presentation recently about the difference b- between selling vitamin tablets and headache tablets 
And this guy was saying, uh, it's James Tuckerman from Ant Hill Australia. It's a big online entrepreneurial magazine. You, you might know Ant Hill from your days in Australia. He was saying, most of us sell vitamin tablets and we need to reposition our products as headache tablets because you, know, you never rush into a chemist to buy vitamins, but you rush into a chemist to buy headache tablets. And WP Migrate DB Pro for me is a headache tablet. It's not a vitamin. It's not something that's a nice to have. It actually solves a major headache. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should do. I'll put a big vitamin on my website. (laughs) A big bandage. Headache. Yeah, yeah. Headache relief. Headache relief. (laughs) Hey, uh, just before we wrap up, a little bit of information on this competition. Um, as I said before, Brad is going to give away a personal license of WP Migrate DB Pro. In order to win a copy, leave a comment underneath the video and tell us the one feature that you would like to see in a future release of WP Migrate DB Pro. So that way Brad can get some feedback on, on what to do with the product and I'll get Brad to swing by in a week or so and award the winner. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. Uh, I'll just add a little something to that so that we don't get uh, ideas that are already coming. <laughs> We're already adding uh, media files, so you'll we'll be able to suck down your media files. Beautiful. And uh, so that that's coming. It's I'm actually testing it right now. Uh, and then uh, WPCLI uh, add-on as well. So people that use the command line with WordPress, that's coming as well. All so. Right. Other ideas, so, more ideas. Apart from command line integration and media library, what else do you want to see in a future edition of WP Migrate DB Pro, given the fact that it is designed to migrate your database from one installation to another? So, you know, um, the ability to cut a PSD into valid HTML and CSS probably isn't going to happen. So keep your ideas <laughs> relevant. Um, all right, hey, uh, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Uh, I think maybe spending, you got to really spend a lot of time analyzing the problem. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Basically, I'm trying to think of a new business essentially, right? Because I'm thinking of a new product, which is almost a whole new business, right? Mm. Um, so just, you really have to analyze it, make sure it's an actual problem that people have that you know, that it's a pain, it's a really, I mean, the bigger, the more painful it is a problem, like the easier it is going to be for you, right? Like, uh, you know, if if people are, you know, if it's alleviating headaches, you know, it's going to be easy to sell, right? People don't want headaches. Yeah. Nice. Um, Where can people reach out to you and say thanks, Brad? Uh, bradt.ca is my website and at bradt on Twitter. Awesome. I'll stick those links in the show notes. And finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Uh, try uh, Jason Schuller. Uh, he, he started Press 75 way back in, I don't know, 1952, I think it was. <laughs> uh, you know, he's been around for a long time in the WordPress biz, like selling themes, and and uh, he's exploring new avenues now, like different things. And so it's really interesting, his take on, on things right now, and and it's interesting what he's working on. Is he? Uh, is he he's working? actually working on a blogging, a new blogging pa- platform. Yeah, is it, is it le- leaflets? Yeah. Is that it? Is that... 
Uh, no, that's that's a CMS that that Jason, uh, Jason, myself, and the guys from Organic Teams uh, have collaborated on. Ah, right. And uh, and uh, Droplets is the other thing, the, the blogging platform. So, so Jason's uh, working on Droplets, and you guys yeah. are all collaborating on Leaflets, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. When uh, when are we going to see? Uh, when are those things going to see the light of day? Uh, droplets is already out, and so is leaflets. Actually, we just haven't really marketed it yet. We've kind of what do you call that? Like a ghost launch or oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a soft launch? Yeah. We just kind of slid it out under the radar, and it's it's up there and it's working, and people are poking at it and stuff, and cool. getting some feedback on it, but we haven't like blasted it out to an email list or anything. Uh, yeah. Sweet. So. Well, Leave some links under the show notes so people can check it out. That's awesome. And Jason Schuller, I'm coming to get you, courtesy of Brad T. I'm going to hook you up for an interview, and I'll send Brad a link when that's done. Hey, Brad T., thank you very much for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out, and uh, wish you all the best for the future of Delicious Brains and WP Migrate DB Pro. Yeah, thanks, Troy. It's been a pleasure, and I uh, wish you all the best as well. Cheers. Thanks, man.